Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin. We're here with Lindy and Katie, and it is our summer series (laughs) repost. And Katie had a great idea to do hidden gems. So this summer for six weeks, we're doing one repost from every single season. It was so much fun for me to go back and try to find these hidden gems of what to air this summer. And I am so excited about this first one because it was actually a mom's panel. So it's a little bit different than what we usually air. It's not necessarily a story, but I love it because Robin, you asked questions that people had turned in and our own Lindy Walker (laughs) was a part of that parent panel. And I'm telling you, you want to have pen and paper. We say that a lot of times with some of our stories because they give such great advice in this panel discussion. I'm honored to be among the gems, uh, <laughs> but really it was the, the two women that I was sharing with. I'll give them more of the credit. I'm excited today for our Patreon insiders. Those of you who are Patreon insiders, you are going to continue the series that Amy Grody has started on grief. She is doing a summer series that relates to her own personal story, and you do not want to miss it. So if you're not a Patreon insider, you can simply click the note right now in our show notes, or you can go to our website at storytellerslive.org. It's very simple to join, and it keeps our lights on, and it keeps our podcast going, and we just love our Patreon insiders. So here's the mom's panel. The first one, we're starting kind of kind of light and then moving into, into heavy. Um, what is the one thing in parenting that you spent too much time and worry about that in hindsight was a waste of time? And on the flip side, what do you wish you had spent more time on? All right. I get this one. Uh, and this is a little intimidating for me because several of my children's friends are in this room. Uh, one lived down the street from me, and the other one practically lived at my house. And so y'all know the good, the bad, and the ugly. So uh, let's just make a little deal here. I'll keep quiet if you'll keep quiet. But anyway, uh, I do have to say one thing to start. I'm sorry because I'm a talker, but um, is that you refresh my soul. The fact that you women are giving up your time this morning, hey, to come, and that you care so much about raising your children in the Lord, that you're here and not doing something else, or make, and you made all these arrangements to be here, and that you're committed to this. And I would have to tell you that you give all of us, and I'm... I'm much older. These women are two of my dearest friends in life. And let me just say that my husband is praying for you because he knows the three of us. <laughs> and we get, we are, get loud and crazy all the time. And why they love me, I don't know, but I love them dearly. Love I couldn't you. do life without them. And I'll cry if I talk about it. I'll probably cry several times today. But I just want to tell you that you refresh my soul and you hang in there because you're doing such a great job. And I think you're doing a job right now that is more difficult than anything I did. And I'm 67 years old. My children are Holly's age and Felice and sweet Melissa. I mean, they're old kids and I'm old. But what you're facing today, I think, is much more challenging. And so I just want you to know there those of us who are praying for you that are not even related to you, because I pray for the, when I drive by a school in our city anywhere, I pray for that school. I pray for the children. I pray for the teachers. I pray for the families they represent, because we want families to flourish. So, okay. And I would also tell you that I'm not here because I'm wise. I'm here because I'm experienced, and that I have been there and done that. 
and I have yelled, and I have cried, and I have screamed, and I have cussed. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Not a lot. And I'm not to cuss today. I was. <laughs> and on that, you keep quiet, I'll keep quiet thing. Remember, it's a podcast. It is. <laughs> well, anyway. But I would just tell you, um, it's normal, and you're okay. The one thing that I wish I had done differently raising my children was to not have volunteered so much outside of my home and to volunteer at home more with my children. And uh, we've talked about this a million times. And I, every time I speak to a women's group, I tell them that, I do a young women's group. And I think what you have to do is you have to realize the purpose behind what you're doing. If it's for you to feel good about yourself, hello. And I would just tell you, I think that's why I did it. I had worked outside the home. I would not tell you I was successful, but I made it in corporate America for a few years before they were ready for me to get kicked out because I would sing in the office and they didn't like that. But, um, but you know, I would just tell you that there were valuable hours where I was spinning my wheels and grabbing my children, throwing them in the car to go to one more thing at church, at school, in the community, blah, blah, blah. And I look back and I wonder sometimes if um, I did it more for me than for them. Those quiet moments that you have with your children where you can pour into them are priceless. And they will come back to be a blessing over and over again if you will just stop and do that. So I say to you, evaluate your time. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy because you have a hundred children and you don't have time you don't have time to do anything for the school or whatever. But but whatever it is that is your master, I'm just asking you just evaluate that. Talk to your husband. Y'all talk about it together and decide what what you could do. And the thing I would do more, um, you are the tone and the temperature You're the thermometer of the home. You know that. I know you've been told that before. So if you're stressed, everybody else is going to be stressed. If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. (laughs) And so I say that to you too. Find ways to relieve whatever it is that is stressing you out. If it's comparing yourself to other people, if it is trying to be something that you're not, let go of that. Let God have it. Give it to him. He'll take it. He wants it. and He wants you to be the very best that you can be. And I would say spend more time with your children and focusing on your marriage because the best thing you can do for your children is to stay married and have a close, loving relationship where you cherish your husband. You just don't put up with him. You cherish your husband. That is hard to do at times. But let me just say, when my husband shows me that he cherishes me, it means the world to me. So let's respect our husbands and let's cherish them. Okay, we can go home now. Wow, that's good because my answer to one thing that I spent too much time worrying about is travel baseball. But it's true. For big, some of the largest fights in my marriage were ever travel baseball. My son was my first, so forgive me. But um, I wish I'd spent more time having dedicated family meals. Hmm. Um, after what Becky said, I really don't have much to add. Probably what I would say, I'm, I'm not a worrier by nature. And I know some of you don't like to hear that if you are a worrier. So I, I didn't worry a lot about my kids. But when I was trying to think of something that I could could share that would be helpful, 
I think it's natural for all of us, and I did some of this, is you worry about your kids being left out. Mm-hmm. You know, is somebody, uh, somebody going to ask them to this dance? And, and I know some of you have young kids and all that, but here's what I would say, and Lindy and I have talked about that. And uh, I just, you know, I, I probably read it somewhere or heard it somewhere, but one of the things, and this will be what I'll say at the end, but one of the things that I um, have tried to continuously pray for my kids who are now, One's a freshman in college, so I pray for him a lot. <laughs> this is his fraternity's biggest party of the year this week, so we can all close in prayer for him. And I have a daughter who's 22, and she will graduate from Auburn in two weeks, and she'll be entering the workforce. But So I have prayed for their protection, for their physical protection, for their spiritual protection, and for their emotional protection. And when you have you know, preteens and teenagers, that's a big one. But what I realize is, I can't decide what that protection looks like. Mm -hmm. And so it it kind of became contradictory for me to be worrying about whether my kids were included in certain things or whether this group wanted them to come along. And then at the same time, every night, I'm praying over them while they're sleeping for God to protect them. Mm -hmm. And so I I would just encourage you, you know, God is enough. I mean, He really is. And and I laughed. when Robin was talking about, you know, just desperate moms, because I'm not sure that feeling ever leaves you because your kids are always your kids. And then now that Becky has grandkids, she's probably a desperate grandmother. Uh um, But he is enough. He really is. And so I would just encourage you, you know, as you pray for your kids, just remember, you don't, you can't decide what that looks like. If that makes sense. You understand what I'm saying? If you're asking for God to look after and protect them, then let him do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you try and decide and orchestrate what that's going to look like. Just let, he's enough. You know, he really is. I think that was enough. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a lot more to go. That y'all, right. I'm just like about to jump out of my chair with excitement. Um, <laughs> number two, any tips on parenting siblings that are polar opposites? One that's maybe spirited, one that's maybe perfect, um, <laughs> all in the same home, or even competitive children. Not many people can fall off the street. So this question was given to me, and and I wish I had a better answer. My kids are not that different. Um, they're very close. They're close in age, physically close, but um, they have also just been, they're very tight. And um, my daughter will graduate from Auburn. There's no doubt in my mind, one of the reasons that my son headed down there is because they are close and he's seen what a great experience it's been. But here's what I would say. They are definitely uniquely gifted, as we all are, but their interests have always been different and the things that they chose to do. And so, um I just tried to encourage them in the fields that were their interests, not mine. Sometimes that's hard. Um, I grew up as a tomboy outside all the time, and God, in his sense of humor, gave me the (laughs) prissiest, most creative. I mean, I cannot draw a stick person. I am not kidding. I've been talking to dogs. My daughter is the most creative. She will sit in a room for hours drawing, crafting, doing whatever. And so uh, some advice, probably Becky gave it to me, but make your children's interests your interests, Mm -hmm. even if they're not. The things that my daughter and I have done that, I mean, I've just been like, 
completely zoned out, but I have tried to make it very interesting because <laughs> it means nothing to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Flower around you. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Um, but I have tried to make their interests my interests and just encourage them. Uh, you know, God has given them unique gifts for his purposes. And so I've just tried to encourage them. And it's been fun. And that's going to be one. I'm, I'm looking at that little one over there. How old? A couple mm-hmm. of months. Seven, seven weeks. Oh, yeah. um, that's her third. <laughs> it's precious. But that's been one of the most fun things and one of the most gratifying things about raising kids mm. amidst all of the frustrations is to see how God has uniquely gifted them and how they in turn start to use those gifts for his purposes. The only thing I would add to that, and and I do have two that are polar opposites because one is more like me and one is like my husband, Um, and and you really do have to meet them where they are, and I think Marilyn said last week, you know, praise in public and criticize in private. Mm -hmm. Our children want to overhear us praising them to others, Mm -hmm. and so even though you might have one child that you kind of feel like, okay, I'm not clicking with you. they, they still want to know that you can meet them where they are and, and adjust your personality to theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the only thing I add. All right, we're going to a little older age group for a minute. It's preteens and teens start to naturally pull back or even withdraw a bit. What's your best advice to continue fostering relationships with them? Mm-hmm and encourage them to continue sharing information and feelings while still respecting their desire for independence. Um, Okay, so if you're in what we call the golden years, 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 you're looking at me. Love you. But you're in the elementary years. Um, So you're pouring into your children and you are helping them discover what they do best. And you are praising them and giving them the blessing of the Father, I like to say. Um, Never underestimate the power of that. Mm -hmm. But you have to navigate and, and find what makes your child talk. So I have three very different children, and my husband quickly found that if he took my son to play golf, he would sing like a bird. Mm-hmm. And and so that was a time that, that they really hung out together and built that relationship. Y'all have heard the, the expression, rules without relationship equals rebellion. Mm-hmm. So if you pour into your kids when they're in elementary school and you establish a relationship with them, then it's not going, they're going to hopefully maybe want to listen to you a little bit more when those those really critical rules start coming into place in middle school. So um, find what makes your children talk. I was dog tired at night because I had toddlers and then my son. But my son, if I went upstairs when he was younger in elementary school, that's when he would talk to me at night before bed. And even though I was dog tired and I really... Honestly, if I'm honest with myself, I really didn't want to go. I was tired. I wanted to stay downstairs and watch TV. But, you know, that's just that's just that intentional, okay, and, and that builds that relationship. So find what makes your um, children talk. And then for older kids, what I've learned because um, is uh, um, my husband has to remind me not to pepper them. Because I'm, I'm very bad about. Have you talked to this person? Or do you have plans Friday night? Are you have, have you talked to so? Have you talked to Susie? I love Susie. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I can't stand Susie. <laughs> but, um, 
but not to pepper them with questions and just to wait until they're opening up. And, and then, and then the last thing I'll say is, I said this uh, before, is the questions that we ask tell our children what's important to us. Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying, do you have plans on Friday night? Mm-hmm. That's telling them, I hope you're going out. I hope you're included because that's really important to me. Because a lot of times as moms, we transfer whatever's important to us, inclusion issues, <laughs> onto our children. Um, and so the questions you're asking, uh, who's pitching this weekend? That's telling them what's important to you. So good stuff. Thanks. Um, I'll make mine quick. These were just three little nuggets that were given to me somewhere along the way. Uh, one of them by Susan Forehand. And what she told me early on, she said, take the long way home. Um, with my kids, if they start talking and we're blocked from the house, I mean, that's right. We've driven to Pelham and back. <laughs> you know, I come up with something. But but it just tags on to what Lindsay yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, what Lindy said. Just if they start talking, take the long way home. Don't be in such a hurry. What, I promise you, whatever it is can wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, 99 times out of 100, whatever it is can wait. Take the long way home. Um, the second thing, start early on building those relationships. Mm-hmm. You can't wait until they're 10 years old mm-hmm. and all of a sudden decide. I mean, it's never too late, but I'm just talking because you, most of you have young kids. If somebody came to me with a 12-year-old and said, what do I do? Obviously, you can start anytime, but start building those relationships early. Our kids are smart. And um, that's been one of the great things. Uh, now that my daughter's 22, she's an adult. And she's my daughter first, but we have a great friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing, I, or the third thing I would say, besides taking a long way home, is I can honestly tell you, talking about being tired, I never, and I'm saying this, rarely do I speak in absolutes, <laughs> I never went to bed before my kids got home. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. when it's prom, yes. and Sadie, and whatever else, and then I would just be like, dying on the couch. I'd, I'd fall asleep on the couch, but now we set an alarm. And- <laughs> <laughs> but there there are so many times, and you've probably already found this to be true, it's, it's, it's a lot like picking your kids up from school. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that happen that if you don't get it right away, you will never get it. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to know what's going on i mean you know it's just parenting is inconvenient that's the bottom line but i would just is, is you know you're and for some of you that's a long time away um but i never went to bed before my kids got home and i couldn't look them in the eye mm-hmm. you know whether it was a date a prom i mean a weekend out whatever um because there are just so many things that that's when you're going to find out, uh, you know, what's really going on, what really happened, and what might be bothering them. So, and get in the habit of hugging them before bed, so that when they're teenagers, they'll have to hug you. <laughs> 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 Practical tips, people. Our next question, y'all kind of brought it up already a little bit, is the inclusion, um, the inclusion idea of not wanting your kids to be left out. Mm-hmm. And friend groups. How do you encourage your children to have friends of the same worlds and beliefs yet give them freedom? And then also, kind of to tag on to that, is handling conflict between friends. And I'm adding a third, so y'all hang on to your hat. Um, also, dating. That was one that just came up. So, as they're getting older, friends, dating, being included, etc. 
Okay, I'm going to pass on the date <laughs> to you girls. Uh, things have changed in a few years. But I would say this about friend groups. We always wanted to be the house that people wanted to come to, that my children's friends wanted to come to. And that involves uh, a lot. You've got to let a lot of things go. Number one, you can't worry about what your house looks like. Holly Childs has seen my house, and you're not Holly Childs anymore, but you have seen my house, Elise. Don't tell them. But, I mean, you have to let some things go. But that way, you know who their friends are. You know who they're hanging out with, and you can see, and you know that new person that's moved to school that um, you know nothing about. They moved from another state or another community, and you don't know anything about them, and you're curious about who this person is. Invite them over. Get them over. And yes, it's an inconvenience for you. And, and yes, you have other children and you have a dinner to fix and all of that kind of thing but be that home where your children and they want to bring their friends and I think one thing that comes to mind to me about being a mom is to being is about being gracious about being gracious being gracious with your children I love what Marilyn said about get on to them at home but don't do that praise them in public because and I also think the more gracious you are and the more open you are the more they're going to want to talk to you Keep those, I mean, start when they're little. Talk about how much Jesus loves them and how you are wonderfully made. God made you the way you are, and you're special. You're very special. So that one thing about involvement is to get involved in a local church. If you are not in a local church that has great kids' activities, please find one. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you where to go to church because that's got to be your decision. And, and I'm just thankful for the men and women who poured into my children when they were growing up. And because what I missed, if there was a Bible story I didn't tell them, well, you know, somebody was at Chase of where I go to church. Somebody was telling that story to my child. So you need that community. And also, when my daughter graduated from high school, some of her dearest friends were at four different high schools in our city. And I loved that because, number one, it said to her, there are other Christians out there, you know, that you're going to find there are other Christians out there. And it doesn't matter where you go to college or what you, where you go to work. You know, you're going to find those people. Sometimes you, you have to seek them out, but you will. So and all of that starts with getting involved. I love what you're doing with Bible clubs. Uh, I love it. I think that is a wonderful thing to do. And I just I, I just think it's a great idea, and I want to encourage you to get your children involved in that. I'm sure they all are. Because I look at y'all, and I know, because you're here, you're seeking these things. But I also think um, they look to you. You are their role model. You and your husband are the role models for these children. Who are your friends? Are your friends? Do you surround yourself with Christian friends? I'm sure you do. But they're going to learn so much about that, and they're going to develop relationships with those people's children. And so that's your, that can be your Christian community. It doesn't have to be just church friends. It can be in your neighborhood. You know, God doesn't care what your address is. He cares what your heart and what the heart of your home is like. And so if you're sharing that experience with other people, and those are the people that you're with all the time who have the same values you do and who want their children to seek the Lord, all of that's going to work together for the greater good. So I would say that that's another thing to do. Um, I would also say that, you know, when you're talking about friends, there are certain, certain times where you have to ask your child, you know, what do you like about this friend? If there's a red flag that comes up, 
where you're a little concerned about the influence that that person, that child may have on you, and you're not quite so sure about what goes in that goes on in that child's home. I think sometimes you have to help your child navigate that, and you have to be honest with them. And so if you have been honest with them all along and you've listened to their little heart share what goes on and what, what bothers them, then you know they're going to be more willing to open up to you about that. But I think it's also sometimes an opportunity for us as Christians to say, well, let's invite Johnny over and let's um, let's show him, you know, a, let's be a friend. Let's see and, and offer that at first. But if you see it going down the wrong path and you, you as a parent are going to have to inter- intervene, you just are. And I think that goes on through middle school and high school. I mean, I used to, like Lindy was talking, I used to ask my son, I'd say, why don't you call so-and-so and so-and-so? And And finally, he said, oh, mom, you know, I don't want to or something. Well, I kept pushing him and pushing him. And finally he said, mom, you don't want me to call him. And I thought, out of the mouth of babes, you know, and I thought, Becky, shut up. Just trust his instincts. But that comes from praying for your children, praying for their friend group, not being disappointed if they're not invited to XYZ party. Maybe God's plan is for them not to be at that party. Okay, with regard to conflict, I think it's so important to pray with your children, starting at a very early age and continue that on, and ask your children to pray for you. Say, Mommy is having a problem with so-and-so. Will you pray with me about that or whatever it is, your, your time or whatever it is that's bothering you? And open that back and forth dialogue with them and that way i think if you're they're having a conflict you could say well what do you let's pray about this let's pray about this conflict and let's come up with a plan for you that's what how you can resolve this with your friend this is your best buddy it is go to the scriptures and show your children in the bible what it says about conflict and what you're supposed to do none of us want our children to be doormats and, you know, my husband used to tell my son, he'd say, look, if somebody picks a fight with you, you got all the reason in the world to hit back. But don't pick a fight with somebody. You know, try to reason it out a different way. Well, that when those boys are in middle school, they're just going to do that. But the good news is they hit each other. They, the next day, they're best friends again. They're shooting basketball. The girls are different. And that's, listen, we would have to go to the beach for a week. And I mean, get on our knees for a week. Girl drama is the worst, so I'm going to shut up. But that's one thing I think about conflict with your children. And it, it goes all the way through life. You know, girls are jealous and all that kind of stuff. You pray with them about it. And then you talk to them. Let's come up with a plan. And this is your best guidebook. And y'all have all kinds of great resources for all that. That's true. And, boy, we could talk about girls for I don't know how long and not be done. Um, I, I won't comment on the on the friend part as much. I did. I was probably too involved when my kids were in elementary school mm. as far as, you know, calling Susie's mom because Susie's mom was my friend and talking about how, well, um, oh, I mean, I just want to help you understand that Susie's not very nice. Um, <laughs> instead of instead of plucking, plucking the log out of my own eye, you know, and realizing, could, could maybe we take some self-awareness and self-evaluation? But um, so, I, so I think talking to other moms less and talking to our children more um, is great when they're in elementary school. As they get older, the one nugget I have is if your child is at home, it's okay. Especially mm-hmm. in seventh, eighth, and ninth grades. Mm-hmm. Amen. Going back to what Jen said before, that is protection. Savor that time with them. Mm-hmm. I admit, uh, with my first child, it was difficult for me because I felt like something was wrong if they weren't 
doing this, that, or the other. But I look back and I just think, I'm so thankful for that time. And I did help learn. I think you helped me with that, Becky, to to savor that time. Um, as far as dating, we'll comment on that. Um, so we had a, a question about, um, I think all of us would tell you that you have to do whatever is best for the people inside your four walls mm-hmm. under the direction of hopefully the Lord. So um, we, we don't have any absolutes um, for that. Uh, I, um, I had one child who did not date a lot um, in high school, and now my youngest um, had the opportunity, like, first week of school, um, she had someone that was pursuing her. And we were like, oh, goodness, okay, we need to talk about this. And we just we just said, you know, for us right now, because you're not 15 years old yet, we, we don't want you getting in the car um, with him because he drives. But we do want him to come over and spend time with us any time that y'all want to spend time together. Y'all are allowed at our house. And so he was willing to do that. Um, if they did something, then his parent had to drive, although um, he had a license. And that was okay. And so... The fact that he showed us that he was willing mm-hmm. to um, accept our rules in order to spend time with our daughter and you know sit down and, and get to know us—that um, is how we've handled that. Um, I, and, and we've been very clear that if we did not know this family, if we did not know and, and feel like that they were like-minded with us, that maybe our decisions would have been different. That's not to judge others. That's just—I mean, obviously. If, if I don't know another family and I don't know their history and et cetera, and I don't know them personally, then I'm going to be a little more um, reluctant to, to let my daughter get in the car with their son. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, it's just that open communication. But purity and dating, mm-hmm. I hope that by the fifth grade or in fifth grade, I mean, we all did that with our kids in like seventh and eighth grade, but now, baby, you got you to gotta get busy in fourth and fifth grade. Um, and so intentional purity conversations, mm-hmm. we can talk about that. I'm a big Passport Purity fan, familylife.org. Mm-hmm. Um, they, those need to happen earlier so that you can go ahead and navigate those rules when they come. You have a story, too, about dating. I do have a story about dating. The names will be changed for taking right. myself. Because <laughs> now you have an adult, so you can tell about us. Yes. yes. <laughs> I had a thought, and I lost it. Maybe it'll come back to me before okay. I'm finished. But um, on the dating, I'm not sure who it is that has the daughter, but I would love to talk to you afterwards just because there's not enough time. Um but I'll ask, the one thing I would tell you is don't parent in absolutes. We said a bunch of things that we would never do or never allow our children to do. I will never do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's this great kid knocking at your door. Like, oh, okay. And so, um, again, there's just not enough time for me to go into specifics. But the funny story is that we did make absolutes and told our daughter we'd never let her do these things. And much like Lindy, um, that first month of high school, this really great kid, she comes home and says, if if a sophomore were to ask me to go to homecoming, would I be allowed to go? And I look, I mean, it was like, it came out of nowhere to me. I was like, what, what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm still pictured her as, you know, a third grader, right? Uh, so anyway, long story short, um, we just learned a very valuable lesson about, because this was a great kid, and we met his parents, and I called everybody short of the FBI. <laughs> I called. I called her, uh, my son's third grade teacher, because she went to church with him. I was like, <laughs> that is a 
true story. And without fail, everybody talked about what a great kid he was. Uh, and so, anyway, don't parent absolutes. You've got to do what's best for your child in that situation. And we did make the rule, yes, today does not mean yes, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, because I let you do this with this family or this person or this group doesn't mean that the same thing holds true for tomorrow because circumstances change and um, information you know comes along. Um, but just you just have to take it step by step. And if you've got that relationship with your child, um, but that is the only meltdown, if Lindsay hears this, she'll laugh, but that is the only meltdown she ever had when we told her she could not ride in the car to Sadie with him. I mean, it was just like, you've just never seen so much drama. We laugh about it now. Um, but anyway, just don't parent absolutes. you got to do what's best for your child and for your family. And on that same note, you can't judge what other people are doing because mm-hmm. you're not living in their house and you don't know what their situation is. But we kind of learned True. that. We, we learned that in the hard way. And I would say one other thing. Your children will come back and thank you at a later date. They will thank you for being stricter on them. I promise you. Let me add one thing to that. You're right. Sorry. She's right. Now that, um, you know, my daughter's 22 and, and she starts to see things through different eyes, we laugh. You know, we laugh a lot about that. Uh, so they will come back and thank you. But I wanted to add what uh, Lindy said. And it may be old-fashioned, but my husband did the same thing. He said, if this boy wants to date you, he needs to come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. And he's like, if he's not willing to do that, then he's not worthy. Period. End of story. And so he did come to the house. It's one of the better family memories we have because it's a Sunday afternoon. And so they're around the back porch. And my son, who was two and a half years younger, he's walking back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) It it makes for a funny family memory. But yes, I'm specifically speaking to young men pursuing your daughters. um, But set the bar high. Mm -hmm. Set the bar very, very high, very, very early. And it will pay off huge dividends in the end. Y'all were talking too much. You're right. I know. Well, the good news even though it's gone, it's, it, we've already kind of touched on these next questions, which is awesome. Um, so this one we touched on a little bit, um, but if y'all want to give a quick answer. Do you limit child activities and what's available for kids that don't play sports so they still feel socially connected? I'll make this one quick. We didn't set specific limits um, because, again, it goes back to not parenting in absolutes because what one child can handle or what your household can handle, maybe another one cannot. Uh, But I would say this. Encourage your child's interests, not yours. Mm -hmm. You know, what I did in high school may not be what my daughter was interested in. Uh, Quick story, she ended up interviewing for the yearbook. And I was like, yearbook? Really? You know, because that would have not been my interest, right? And she'll graduate in two weeks with a degree in graphic design. So, Mm -hmm. see, parenting fail right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was her interest. So, I would add this because I don't want to spend a lot of time. I know we've got other questions. But one of the great things about... Um, schools these days, especially the ones in our area that tend to be larger, is the amount of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can tell you without fail, when your kids get to high school, whether it's Homewood, Mountain Brook, Bethsaida, wherever, there is something for your child. You may have to encourage them to put themselves out there, but whether it's the robotics team, the We the People debate team, mm-hmm. um, I feel like things had changed so much when I was in school where sports Mm -hmm. kind of ruled, you know, who did what. Mm -hmm. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously sports are still a big deal because it's what people talk about in the grocery store. But there are so many diverse interests 
that are available to your child, that that's something you can be encouraged about. I mean, I can tell you that without fail. Whatever they're interested in, there is something for them. You just have to encourage their interests and point them, help them in that direction. Okay, I know we're, we're quick, but I do have to say that my youngest, because my older daughter had danced and, and cheered and gone down that path that I mean I just thought well that's what we're going to do honey I've got to sign up for tumbling and dance and okay four days a week great and, and she hated it she would cry and I was like oh no you can get it and I mean hated it and, and, and even the dance teacher was like she's a little disruptive like, it's fine she's a free spirit and so but in fourth grade they did a volleyball clinic and she got the car she was like I love volleyball I was like oh that's nice they're doing that for a week I mean, she's now a volleyball player, and she begged me to quit dance to play volleyball. And I, I think I even called Becky on this. I was like, yeah, because it wasn't what I wanted. And then this is the same child in seventh grade that came home and said, I joined the bowling team. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, you did what? <laughs> because that was so foreign to me. I loved it. It was precious. So, yes. <laughs> I told you we need to go to the beach. Okay, sorry. Go. I'm sorry. How can you teach healthy confidence in children with low self-esteem and parent children to do their best when they don't really care to do their best? Okay. I'm listening. Okay. There again, there is no wisdom here. Okay? I'm telling you, just experience. Um, You have got to, and you, you women are... I can tell you're going to do this. You have to accept your children for who they are. You have to accept that God gave you this child. Sometimes you feel like, I don't know how to help you. I may cry a little, and I'm sorry, but it's okay. But God is going to give you what you need to get through it, and he gives you whatever you need. A low self-esteem needs to be identified very early. And let me just tell you, I'm a huge believer in counseling. There are so many great Christian counselors. There are great school counselors. Seek help. If you realize this is a problem with your child, seek help. Get that child in a church. Get that child in school. I mean, church activities that they can feel loved on by people that are going to love them no matter what. And you know who those people are. And I'm telling you, I'm so grateful for the people that... With their arms around my child. I'm so sorry I wasn't going to do this. But anyway, seek counseling, pray, get on your knees, use this book again, point out the things that will tell him that he is special or she is special and that you will always love them just the way they are no matter what. And you have to do that in the way, not just in what you say, but in how you act and how you react. And when hurtful things are said, that you don't go off the handle yourself that you say you know what let's pray for that person let's pray for them so that maybe that's that unkind thing will leave their their hearts that they're not going to be that way to anybody especially not you but to anybody and let me just say i didn't always do that and i would also tell you that i had you know some ill feelings you know, which are just not good. That just serves no purpose because the point here is to help your child. The other thing is to find one thing that they love and that they are good at. I don't care if it's a spelling bee. I don't care if it's washing cars. I don't care what it is. Find that, encourage it, get your child involved in it, and continually praise them. Know that you are that bridge. You're the one that's going to be able to help. Your husband's working. Some of y'all are working, too, and I appreciate that fact. It's a lot for a mom to handle. But um, 
You just need to know that find that one thing and get that child on that path and hang in there with them. Parenting is for life. I mean, it is. I don't care if your kids are gone out of your home. My mother used to tell me this. She said, your knees will hurt when your child go to college, goes to college because you prayed all these years for them, but you're going to continue praying them. And then they get married, and then you start praying for their spouses, and then you pray for their families, and then you have grandchildren. And she said, by that time, your knees are broken. <laughs> she said, but that's how you make it. You have got to be on your knees. I mean, literally, for your children at all times, especially those that have special needs. And there are children that are going to have learning disabilities, all kinds of physical things. But what we tried to do was we would try to expose our children to people who were a lot less fortunate than we were. Mm -hmm. Lots. I remember a time um, one of my children worked at the Cerebral Palsy Center, and he was there because, and I can't take credit for that. God gave me that thought because I wanted him to see how very fortunate he was. Mm -hmm. He can drive a car. He can play golf. There's so many things that he can do, and he does very well. And these people were feeding them. You know, he had to feed a girl one day lunch, and he came home and told me about that. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was Jesus. I'll just tell you that right now. I would also tell you right now, if you don't have a prayer partner to get one, one that you can tell everything to, but I would also tell you that sometimes it's better to seek a counselor if you're getting into a a difficult situation because your friends need to be your friends and you need to be able to be a friend for them. And that doesn't need to be the only object of your conversation. And I'm very guilty about that. I'm telling you, I've learned from experienced girls. So, um, And also, I think the way that you love other people will also be a great thing for this child to see, especially. Even the person that works at McDonald's, do you know what I mean? Because what you're saying to that ch- to your child is there's self-worth in everybody, no matter what they do. And you know, I can't stand for people to be rude to people, servers at restaurants, because those people are making a living. And, you know, uh, let's be let's be love. Let's be love. Let's be the hand and feet of Jesus and the smile and the face of Jesus in this world. That's what we need to be. Okay. And what was the other thing? I think I'm through. Uh, parenting kids to do their best. Oh, oh, Lord have mercy. Well, this is a girl who would race to the mailbox to get her grades when I went to Auburn because Amen. I did not do the best that I could do at Auburn, and I didn't want my poor daddy, who was paying for this, to see my grades. Um, that was a long time ago. Yes, we did. Were so yes, you I had to run to mailbox. But I think, again... I think what you have to do is you can make it personal. How would you feel, son or daughter, if I just decided I had the capability, but I didn't want to fix dinner for a week? And I was going to tell you, get in here and fix your own dinner. I mean, sometimes you got to, you know, get real with them and say, or what if dad just decided, hey, you know, I don't care. I'm capable of being an accountant, but I'm just not going to go to work for two weeks. And, you know, we're not going to go on that vacation we wanted to go on. You know, you, you got to kind of say to them, you got to get off your honey, and you can do better than this. God has equipped you. He has given you so many gifts and talents. you got to use them and put it back. You know, you can always go to this and get some great material. And like I said, there are books in Christian bookstores and tapes and what do you call these things? Pods and all kinds of <laughs> that are so available to you, seek them them out. And I would also tell you, too, if you you need 
you know, find that older woman in your church. I'm here. I'll talk to any of you at any time. I'll go have coffee with you or whatever. But she's awesome. No, I'm not. But I'm just saying there are people who will help you, and you need to seek those people out. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sorry to quit talking to you. I wasn't even supposed to comment on this, but it just came to my mind. Don't check your kids' grades. I know they give you the capability now. Set your expectations. Talk about, did you do your best? And just have that a normal question that you ask. But don't drive yourself crazy checking grades every day. Did you turn that homework? Why didn't you turn that homework? Where's your homework? Let them fail. Let them fail. (laughs) She's right. That's true. That's the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing. Believe me. I'm going to merge a few of these for the sake of time. (laughs) It's been so good. I really don't want to, but we have to honor our time. Uh, I'm sweating. How do you raise children with gratitude, appreciation, and contentment in the um, culture that we live in, in the community we live in? And I'm going to stop that and I'll merge the next team. Okay, I'm going to make this brief. I think you do it by example, but I also think that you intervene with their little hearts and minds when they're young when you're cleaning out that toy closet and you take them with you to take it to Goodwill, I'm going to point out Bets Johnson here because I um, I love to see her come in. She and I do some volunteer work at, um, at the Cancer Center, and she brings her children. And I think that's a wonderful thing to do. You don't have to do it all the time. Once a month would be a great goal. Once a quarter would be a great goal. Y'all are all busy. But as a family, you can do all kinds of things through your churches or whatever. Involve your children at the earliest age possible to do that. The other thing we would do, we would go through McDonald's up here in Vestavia when it's so old and yucky. And my children (laughs) would get the wrong order and they'd start whining. And I would say, you do not know what that person goes home to. That lady that took your order or that man that took your order, I mean, they don't live like you live. They don't go to McDonald's and get a treat. They work at McDonald's. So let's just be happy for what we have. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it comes from you, the way you are the model again, you and your husband both. You know, if you have to have the right car, and if you, and listen, I've, I'm guilty, but if you've had to have the right car or you have to live in a certain house, I'm guilty of that too, or you have to buy your clothes at a certain place, you know, then that says to them, well, this is important. This is important. No, it's not. You know, you can all scale down. We can all do with less. We can all do with less, and we need to be giving those things away to other people. Also, Christmas, we had a rule. You got three gifts at Christmas from Santa. Jesus got three. We thought, if this is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. And we told him that. We said, look, we're taking this right out of the scripture. This is what, you know, Jesus got so three gifts. We, we kind of need to get, get a grip. And I'm guilty, let me just tell you. But um, that's another thing. Model it and and kind of restrict your giving. And not everybody has to go to. Let me, let me, I want to add one thing. Let me add one real quick. This has just become a mantra of mine. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, it is. And that's really, comparison is the thief of joy. It speaks for itself. Um, But model that to your kids. I'm going to merge these next two. What did you do to keep the connection between your husband when your children are at home? And how have your kids benefited from seeing those? And then what are ideas just to keep family first? Favorite trips, events, traditions, things that created memories. So I'm going to get really deep for just a minute. This is not something I did especially well. Um, My husband had a job. He was really good at it, provided a very nice lifestyle for us, but he was gone a lot, and that presented challenges of its own. Um, 
but I'm just going to be transparent. I'm going to challenge you. About five years ago, uh, a good good couple friend, we were together, and they just looked at us and said, how often do you pray together? You mean other than when, like, there's a major crisis or parents in the hospital or whatever? Because it was an embar- for us, it was an embarrassing question. We rarely, if ever, prayed together outside of a major crisis. And so they challenged us then to make that a habit. And it has changed everything about our marriage. And so I know that we come from different faith backgrounds. I don't know where your husbands are spiritually. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to tell you, prayer is the most intimate act that can occur between a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. And you heard me right. I'm going to challenge you, and if your husband's not the spiritual leader in your home, I know that could be difficult, but if you begin to pray together on a regular basis, it will change everything. And Becky talked about having a prayer partner. I'm going to challenge you for your husband to be your first prayer partner, because if you're praying together on a regular basis, you won't have to ask what's going on in their life, what their challenges are, what's bothering them. Your husband won't have to say, well, what's going on with the kids? You know, how did this week go? They will know because um, it's hard to be mad at somebody that you're praying with on a regular basis. It's hard to hold grudges. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we had done that early on, we wouldn't have had to worry about setting aside a special date night or special vacation time. Those things are all important. Mm-hmm. Your spouse needs to be your first priority. And that's so hard to remember when you've got multiple kids, multiple schedules, juggling all those things. Mm-hmm. But that is what's going to do more for your kids than anything is for you to have a strong marriage. There are going to be ups and downs. I mean, my husband, I went through several rough patches, but that's going to be, um, that's what I wish we had done earlier, but that's what's been the game changer. So I'm just encourage you to pray with your husbands on a regular basis and um, get back to me in a year. And I would love to hear your stories of how it's changed everything in your marriage. And don't be discouraged if they don't say yes to praying with you. Absolutely. Right. And is it awkward? Right about it. And is it awkward? Yeah. It's awkward. Don't talk about it. We're talking about family first. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing I want to say is um, unplug all things, and it's so hard to do, uh, but unplug those electronic things. Take them outside. I would say have fun. What is the memory that you want your children to have of your household? What do you want them to say, when I was growing up, my house was X, Y, Z? What do you want them to say? Because that's right now what you're doing. You're molding that. You're shaping it. You're forming it. So, uh, you know, I think, and, and it doesn't have to be anything important. Turn off the TV, pull out the games, or play a game with them, or tickle them, laugh at their little bitty. Just make your house a house of fun, but also make it one that is one that's spiritually focused. And I would also say, but those things, sometimes I think you'll find the simpler things that you do with your children are the ones that they're going to remember and love and appreciate the most. All right. And the last question is, if your children are walking with the Lord as adults, what are some ways that you fostered that love for God? And we've answered this kind of all the way throughout, but if you'll just each give a, a quick answer, that would be awesome to wrap it up. Who has this one? All of us. Go ahead, Lindy. (laughs) Well, um, I am fortunate to be married to someone that makes the Lord the priority in our home. Mm -hmm. And he is very quick to ground me and remind me, honey, we're parenting for the long term. Mm -hmm. You're majoring in the minors. And so... I'm, I'm very thankful for that, but that would also be my encouragement to you. And if your if your kids see that, if your if your children see 
we're not following the crowd. We're not part of the herd. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not where we get our value from. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And so, um, and then like Becky just said, create a safe place for your for your kids that they feel safe. Not not safe, but I mean that it's that it's not chaotic. I, I spent a lot of chaotic years with my kids, mm-hmm. and so if you can if you can create that safe place where they can share, and that, that they see you model that you know what we're just we're following what the Lord says about this, not what our country club friends say. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I think I had so many thoughts. I was just trying to wrap them up. I, you know, I'll start by saying this. When your kids do something well, don't take too much credit. And the flip side, <laughs> but the flip side of that is when they do something really stupid, mm-hmm. don't be too hard on yourself. Exactly. Because by the time they're a certain age, you know, they have a free will and they're going to make some choices. Some that are going to make you really proud. <laughs> some that you're going to walk through public going, and everybody knows okay. about that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good to see you. Yeah. 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 My kids are great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I, I, but let me just say this: uh, from the time my kids were very young, I, I, I tried to pray for five things consistently. I'm just going to tell you what those five things are. The first was that they would have a personal relationship with Christ. I mean, that's the first thing, and um, you know that is an ongoing journey. I mean. From the day that your child or young adult or whoever um, you know comes to tell you that that they want to, it, it's a developing relationship is what I'm saying. It's not a one time we check the box. Oh, they were baptized. Great, we're done. Yeah, it is an ongoing relationship until for all of us. You know, until until we meet Jesus. So I prayed for that they would have a personal relationship with Christ. I prayed for their safety, for um, their physical, their emotional. Those of you getting ready for middle school, you'll know all about that. <laughs> and for their spiritual protection, the world that we live in, the things that our kids are exposed to. And, and let me say this. I, would, I texted my daughter last night. I sent her these questions, and she answered back. And she's like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> but nothing catches God by surprise, right? I mean, the world that we're living in, social media, all the things that are happening, it, it would be really easy to wring your hands, but nothing catches God by surprise, mm-hmm. right? So He knows, and, and He is enough. Um, I prayed for the friends that my children would have. Um, sometimes I felt like I should have prayed more, but you pray for the friends that will be a good influence and that, and that will point them you know, toward God. Um, I prayed for their future spouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that my daughter's 22, I mean, that was starting to get close to home. Right. Um, but it's something that, that I talked to her from a very early mm-hmm. age what was going to be important in the man that she would hopefully one day marry if that was part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I continue to pray for my kids is for a mentor to come into their life. Mm-hmm. Somebody, sometimes they're just not going to talk to mom and dad. Um, and there's just not much that gives me greater pleasure than to tell you that Becky C has been my mentor oh, for the no, better part. I am, I am 53 years old. And when I was in high school, we became good friends. Um, I met her through church and we have been good friends for a long, long time. She sang at my wedding. Uh, so she has been my mentor, but I have, because I've had that, I have prayed for that and still pray that for my children. So as your, as your children get older, you know, encourage them to find somebody. I mean, it's just reality. You remember when you were growing up, there's just some things you're not going to talk to your mom about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a guy, there's just some things they're not going to talk to their dad about. Mm-hmm. So pray for someone to come into their life that can speak godly wisdom um, that's going to be just kind of outside your arena. I know 
know that hurts to hear that that your kids are going to one day need somebody else but, but you're the same do. way so that that's anyway those are the five things and when my children went to college I gave them a list of people names and phone numbers and of godly people that they could call and I told them I said if there's something that's going on with you in school and you don't want to talk to Buddy and me about it please call one of these people because you know how much they love you and they're going to give you sound, good, spiritual advice. And sure enough, Lily went off to Georgia and had uh, this teacher, this professor, I thought Buddy was going to get in the car and go to (laughs) Athens and beat him up. I mean, because he was questioning her faith at all turns, blah, 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 blah. And as it turns out, you know, she reached out to her youth minister that she'd only had for what four months one year or something but i mean and he was so faithful and to respond to her and to encourage her and so you know that i agree with that 100 percent. and that that was one thing I, and i don't know my son may have called somebody too i don't know you, you don't get as much out of guys let's just face it i just love you girls We hope that you love hearing these hidden gems this summer and that you can learn something, even if you've listened to them before, that in listening a second time, God shows you something brand new from every story. So as always, thank you for listening to Storytellers. Be sure to share the stories with friends, to rate it, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, especially during the summertime when people are looking for stories to hear. We are very, very grateful, and it does help people find our stories. And don't forget, if you want new content this summer, it's all over at our Patreon Insiders, where you can get bonus stories, you can get some Q&A questions, you can get various things all summer long as we do these hidden gem reposts. So thanks for listening. Katie, Lindy, and I will be back with a season six recap on August 16th, and you'll get to hear what God has in store for season seven. So we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.